Welcome to our third segment for this afternoon. It's Sunday, the 2nd of May, 2021, and the time is now 2.24 p.m. in the studio. I'm your host, Kieran Murdoch. Just under two weeks ago, uh, observers Alicia George filed a special video report on the issue of homelessness in St. John's. Uh, you can watch the video report on YouTube by simply searching Homeless in St. John's in your YouTube search bar. Uh, the report highlighted the circumstances of some of those who find themselves living on the street. Uh, despite what some may think when a person on the street asks for assistance, there are harsh realities which landed them there in that position many times. Uh, after watching the video, it will become apparent that someone with uh, drug addiction, alcoholism, a disability, or mental illness um, can have those things be a major contributing factor that can make it easy for them to end up homeless and without anyone's help. Uh, at the same time, not having work or an income or owning a home or however small uh, are also factors which can contribute. Uh, so on this segment, we'll be asking what are the causes of and solutions to vagrancy and homelessness in Antigua and Barbuda. Uh, joining our panel for this discussion, we're happy to have with us Mr. Dean Jonas, uh, Minister of Social Transformation and the Blue Economy. Uh, good afternoon to you and thank you for joining us, Mr. Dean Jonas. Yes, good afternoon, Kiran, and thank you for having me on your show today and oh. i just want to say good afternoon to all my people in our st george community uh, we are also sorry uh, we, are, we are also joined by uh, mr elvis murray watkins he's the president of the antique and barbuda red cross good afternoon to you mr murray watkins uh good afternoon uh, good afternoon mr minister good afternoon uh, mr murdoch and thank you for inviting the antique and barbuda red cross to this discussion and uh, finally, we have Mr. Kemar Seyfri. He's uh, president of the Barbados Alliance to End Homelessness. And he let me know if I got the name of the organization correct, because I think there was a name change at some point. Hi, uh, hi, hi. the name is correct, um, but it's Safri. The, my, my name is incorrect. Safri. My, my apologies, Kemar no Safri. All right. Um, I would start off with um, Mr. Mr. Dean Jonas in asking for your assessment of the the issue of homelessness and vagrancy in Antigua and Barbuda. Uh, and I myself have noticed um, with the onset of COVID-19 that it, it seems to, this is my impression, that it seems to have become a more marked issue. Uh, but what is your analysis, Mr. Dean Jonas? Um, you're still muted. I'm not sure if yeah, you. Mike, yeah, sorry. Yes, my mic is on now. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah, I was just saying that I'm not sure if um, if I will agree that the problem got worse under the COVID crisis. Um, it's certainly um, the COVID has exacerbated a lot of problems that we we have in our country. Um, but the the whole question of of homelessness and vagrancy um, are two issues that um, has affected us. And my, my, the government is, is looking into these matters. And there, there's some, some significant matters that we have to address where this is concerned. We know homelessness and vagrancy are two distinct issues. You know, a, 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 your person can be, can be a vagrant without being homeless. Okay? And the problem we have in Antigua is that there, there are quite a few persons who do live on the streets but when we examine the reasons for why they live on the streets, you know, there, there are several issues that come up because a lot of people are very quick to say the government should provide halfway housing and provide a place for them to stay and that sort of thing. 
because the assumption is made that many of these persons are vagrants because of poverty. And, um, and that is not the case in Antigua. We do have a few, a very small amount of persons who are vagrant because of poverty. In Antigua, our preliminary studies have shown that um, the vast majority are vagrant because of substance abuse, mainly alcohol, and also because of mental health problems. And um, what we have also discovered is that quite a few of these persons do own property. And um, so this is why I try to draw the line between homelessness and, and vagrancy. And um, this is a situation in Antigua and Barbuda that we have to try to resolve. We, if we were to take, remove those vagrants off the streets who were, who do own property, that num the number would be significantly reduced. And so we will be taking some actions to, to deal with this matter. And um, this has already been debated internally between myself and the Attorney General as to how we are going to resolve this matter. One of the, the things that we have in Antigua and Barbuda that existed for the last 26 years is the, pub the Public Trustee Act. And this, this will help us a lot in solving a lot of problems that we have, not just with uh, vagrancy, but in terms of delinquency amongst the elderly and amongst those who are disabled. The Public Trustee Act has been on our books since 1995, but we have never implemented it in Antigua and Barbuda. Hmm. And that is probably one of the key reasons why we have such a significant problem of persons being abandoned to um, in, uh, being institutionalized and then abandoned. We have a problem of vagrancy that, is, that has risen over the last few years. And we also have a problem of delinquency amongst children and amongst um, persons who are differently abled. What the Public Trustee Act will do, it, it, it will be a game changer for Antigua um, during this implementation phase. Let me uh, let me bring in let me, let me bring in um, because I, I, we, we, we do have limited time. I want to bring in uh, Mr. Elvis Murray sure. Watkins uh, just to ask him for uh, his uh, just general view on the issue of, of vagrancy in Antigua and Barbuda. Uh, picking up on some of the things that the minister mentioned, in that he makes a distinction between um, those who uh, are are homeless uh, because he, he mentioned the fact that um, they've run into to vagrants who have property, but because of other factors, uh, they are on the streets. Uh, uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Murdoch, and thank you, Mr. Minister. Um, I can concur with the statement of the minister where we, as an organization, would have personally interviewed or have conversation with some of these homeless slash very good personnel in, in the city of St. John's. And uh, a percentage of them do confirm that they do have property, uh, but because of situation of home or lack of access to support, um, that's part of the reason why they're in the city. So the, 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 the relationship between not being at home and suffering or being in the city where they could potentially get some assistance is, is part of the, is the biggest reason um, some of them explain to us why they're there. Um, even, even with, uh, with, 
with family members and island, um, they do indicate that being in the city, there's a greater chance of getting some assistance. So I, I do understand, and um, I can I can also support the minister's comment in saying that not everyone on the street were, you know, roaming or seemingly did not have a fixed address is there because of of um, um, poverty um, or lack of lack of employment because some of them do have some employment or underemployment where they would do odd jobs around the city um, to support themselves and um, but the, the 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 term vagrant is is kind of a is is a trick word uh, it it has nothing to do with lunacy um, it, it it basically speaks to a person who doesn't have any occupation or no fixed address uh, but sometimes they do have um, support or they stand a better chance in the city of St. John's. I don't know if I answered that question correctly. Yes, um, uh, quite. Uh, I just want to let our listeners know that at this point we are joined by our fourth guest, uh, Dr. Jose Humphreys. Uh, he's a medical advisor to the Antigua and Barbuda Red Cross. Um, he has a master's in, in public policy and, um, and administration, specifically for health policy. Um, but I, I'm going to come to uh, Dr. Humphreys in just a moment. But first, I wanted to bring in Mr. Kima uh, Safri from Barbados. Um, and I would ask him uh, what he thinks of the, of, the, of the commentary thus far and also to the issue of the, the factors that um, contribute to uh, the situation of persons finding themselves on the street, particularly things like alcoholism and substance abuse. Okay. Well, thank you, uh, Minister. Um, first of all, um, it's a pleasure being here. I think you're, would, you would be the second minister I'm on with. I think um, uh, Samantha Marshall was a, a former minister, if I'm correct. Yes. Yes, please. Okay. And all the other guests as well. Um, pleasant, good afternoon to all. Um, I do share the, the sentiment of the minister in terms of, uh, and he is one of the first ministers within the Caribbean, I must say that I, I, I um, that sees homelessness the way he does um, and the way we do as well, uh, where it is not um, vagrancy separate from homelessness. Um, it's not a cause where people may think the cause of homelessness may be one thing. Um, in Barbados, I know the number one cause of homelessness would be family. And then it would have um, drugs and it would have mental health challenges. So there's a number of uh, things, um, a combination of things that causes uh, homelessness across um, the whole sector and so those are those are uh, i was glad to hear that that um, a minister identifies and understand um what these causes are and not just say oh them is it's vagrants um it's homeless and don't separate the two because homelessness come true there's no real definition for homelessness anything anyone could be constituted homeless um so it was good to hear that part um hearing the situation though uh if i may take it from this approach Hearing the whole situation with Antigua and the homelessness and what is going on there, um, I think one of the things to, would be important for me to do is to understand uh, more around the policies, uh, more around the social services that protects the homeless uh, or offer services to the homeless. Like in Barbados, you know, we have a, a very big shelter here and uh, it calls for collaboration with a number of organizations such as the Red Cross and all other organizations similar um similarly like salvation army and what's not to make uh homelessness uh redundant in your country and, and i will be happy to more sit and hear this for a while on it and then i can basically share from my um expertise some solutions and some ideas that i think that can work for 
Antigua um, as it go forward tackling homelessness. If we can go from that angle. And uh, uh, we, we, as I said, we have Dr. Jose Humphreys on. He's a medical advisor to the Antiguan Barbuda Red Cross. Uh, some of those issues that affect persons who find themselves on the street, Dr. Humphreys, issues such as alcoholism and substance abuse. Can you speak to your experience um, in, in, in helping the Red Cross deal with those, those issues? Uh, good afternoon to the panelists and good afternoon, uh, Mr. Murdoch. Um, the Antiguan Barbuda Red Cross has been uh involved in some feeding programs for the the homeless and as our president Ms. elvis mary watkins um indicated one of the things um that we noticed was that um a number of these people have other issues um affecting them outside of um not having a an actual home a lot of them had a home but there are other variables that um, affect these people. And one of the things that I think is a major concern, at least for me, is substance abuse and substance use, alcoholism, etc. cetera. Um, these things are readily available on the street. And so you find that people gravitate to um, being on the street based on um, accessibility to um, these uh, illicit substances. So that, that is one of the major concerns um, that, I, that I saw. Other people might be affected by unemployment um, and as the minister indicated, poverty. Poverty is a, a, an absolute factor when it comes to um, homelessness. Um, it's, it's a complete lack of means or the necessary means to meet the basic personal um, necessities such as um, food, clothing and, and shelter. So these are some of the things that um, impact homelessness. In addition, um, from my experience, um, a, a, a lack of um, education. As you know, um, education has a, a quite an important role to play in terms of employment and um, you know, accessibility to a higher standard of life. And persons who may not have been so fortunate to receive particularly high school or even um, uh, tertiary education might be at greater risk uh, for homelessness. Uh, coming back to you, uh, uh, Minister Jonas, uh, I would ask you, do we know the, 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 the numbers in terms of the population of persons who fall into the category of vagrancy in Antigua and Barbuda? Is that something we know? We, we do know, yes. Um, I, I, we have uh, an approximate figure. It's, it's just on the 80 persons in Antigua in total that we have um, identified thus far. And um, we do have uh, the community and citizen engagement division who are the ones who gather data. How involved? Um, uh, I was going to ask how I'm involved. Sorry. I was going to ask how involved are social social services in terms of rehabilitating these these individuals? Because what I picked up from um, what Observer Media's Alicia George, the the report that she did, was that many times it can be uh, difficult in order to. Uh, get someone into a program. I saw one gentleman speaking uh, to the fact that he might have been uh, able to get into a program, save and accept that on the day that he was supposed to get in, he was supposed to f be interviewed and he was, he was, he was drunk. Um, so I'm curious as to how readily social welfare services are able to assist these persons. We, we do not have a specific um, grouping within social and family services to deal with vagrancy per se. What we do, we do have counseling services 
from both um, psychologists and we do engage them, psychologists, psychiatrists, as we do need them on board. Now, um, one of the, uh, the key areas that we have to tackle immediately, and this is why I was talking about this public trust, the act, immediately is to deal with the whole problem of delinquency, not just among the vagrants, but amongst of the population in general. And what this does, it will enable us to immediately begin to address the problem of those who have property. Many of them are getting a pension. They do have income. And sad to say that many of them are being taken advantage of by family members. And so what we hope to do over the next few weeks is to have the public trustee, Ms. Jose Lauren, she's the person who was appointed by the Attorney General, to address these matters and become perhaps the custodian that the law, this public trustee act is very significant because what it does, it allows a person appointed by the court or, or by the, the public trustee to be custodian of these individuals if they have an income and if they have property because the problems that they face could be solved very quickly. And so it will go a long way towards fixing this problem of, 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 um, of vagrancy where the persons have an income or have property. Not just amongst vagrants, like I said, all delinquency, whether it's senior citizens, children, and uh, across the board. Minister, so, Minister so, sorry, Minister McKay, if I can ask, give a more, yeah, Mr. If this, Safri. Is, Safri. If this Safri. was a um, sure. public, do public document you could take a look at? Yes, certainly. Um, it is a public document. It, this was a law that was enacted in Antigua, like I said, in 1995. I do believe that it probably exists in Barbados as well. Not sure, but I know for a fact in my own research, I know that in Bahamas it does exist, and there are a few Commonwealth countries. I'm not sure how widely it is um, has been done in the Caribbean, but it has been on our books in Antigua for about 26 years now, and we have never implemented it. What it does, it allows us to appoint a custodian to look about the best interests of these individuals, all delinquent persons. And we are going to be doing that. And so the, 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 um, the public trustee will be working very closely with the Family Services Unit within the Ministry of Social Transformation. They will be working also closely with the board, the, the, um, the Social Protection Board that was recently enacted into law in Parliament. And the, the plan is that the Social Protection Board will be in charge of all social protection programs within the, the government that the ministry currently manages. And so we're bringing everything, all these social protection programs onto the board to enable them to better provide holistic care and management of all these delinquent individuals, whether they be vagrants, children, senior citizens, everyone, everyone. Mm. And we will be working very closely with the public trustee to ensure that this gets done. And with the public trustee, the burden will not totally be on the government to look about the best interests of these individuals. The public trustee is able to get um, quite a few different persons, professionals on board, whether they be doctors, um, you know, sociologists, lawyers, anybody basically that will assist them in accomplishing their tasks of caring for these individuals. Let me so ask, that is something that we're going to be doing very soon. Let me ask Mr. Mr. And forgive me if I if I say the wrong one, Mr. Safri, correct? Yes, please. Sorry. Yes. Um, let me ask Mr. Safri. Uh, I'm curious as to what successes you've had in Barbados in terms of assisting persons in who are on the street, uh, and what successes you think could be mimicked in Antigua and Barbuda. 
Um, we have an 87% success rate um, in terms of rehabilitation. We have a 97%, uh, 92% success rate. And that would obviously stem from the fact that we do a number of programs, just about, um, it may be, seem like a lot, about 30 programs for the homeless, which involve the same counseling, mentorship, um, but or some of these things come with programs as well, whereas we work along with, it's like a one-stop shop. Our organization is considered a one-stop shop because once they come there, there's a 90-bed facility. We can get their medical dealt with from there. We can get their, um, we can get their welfare checks from there. They can get invalidity benefits, um, whether they qualify for uh, what we call, um, sorry, uh, invalidity, yeah, if you're not working and what's not. So there's a number of services, all medic, everything for the homeless is facilitated at that shelter. The feedings are done there, and the feeding is actually a good way of capturing them because they come for food. You can easily put your foot down and say, hey, but well, you need to give me some sort of information. We need to get some sort of um, data on you. And so we have a lot of data on the homeless. We have we know where every one of them sleep. We know why they're in Bridgetown. We know why, know, we know why they go to oil stains. We know why they go to which area, what medical, um, what medical problems they have. Um, and any issues surrounding them, who their families are, and then we can move forward. In a lot of cases where uh, the minister is talking about where persons are affected in terms of they may own a property and family may put them out because of their mental challenge or because of their drug-related issue, we, our lawyers, um, which work for us pro bono, would work along to get back that person's property. And um, if they have to use the money for future whatever or monies that they may be owed by families and friends um our organization does all of that to make sure that that homeless person um is readily uh able to get back into society but also that you cover all the basis uh, whether the id cards right whatever you need to do within that because one of the important thing is is that you don't categorize everybody on the same level Whereas you have to be with every client is treated separate and uh, as a separate individual so that you can work with on their cases on a unique level and don't say, well, look, one cap fit all because it doesn't because as it was pointed out here, some persons are coming with mental challenges. Some persons are coming with drug related issues. There are some people who come because they lost their house and you can easily place that person back into society swiftly without letting them spend two to three weeks because one of the things that we have to understand is that while you're homeless within a year to two years that's when vagrancy is developing when you're no longer um the, the true word of vagrants actually mean i don't care that's the true meaning for word vagrant i don't care they've exhausted all their resources and and they don't have nobody to go to and that is when they decide they decide to use the streets as however so the word of a vagrant is actually i mean i don't care but you can design unique programs around them because one of the things is you're going to even if you have the policy you have to have the enforcement for the policy mm-hmm. and so that's why i asked about the policy from the minister because they want to look into it to see if barbies actually has that on their statutory book as well but one is you have to be able to pro, to tailor make a program around vagrancy to be able to to to, to cap it where it is if not you will have you will run the risk of having in another year or two because of the pandemic and because of other reasons you might double your number in a short order as seen in barbados where numbers have been um doubling because of lack of jobs um drug related issues mental related issues 
and other related issues. Landlord is another big issue, putting out people. So you may have a bigger issue on your hand in the future if you don't try to find a program to, to, mm. to really combat this. And we've this, we've done that in Barbados successfully. And that is why our numbers are decreasing, but increasing based on COVID. Mm. But Mr. it Safri, is, let it me is ask under you, control. Let me ask you very, very, very briefly. Um, mm. Wow, well, the question escaped me. That sucks. Um, sorry about that. Uh, it, yeah, I'm going to remember and I'll come back to you. Uh, Mr. Mr. Elvis Murray Watkins, um, I, I wanted to ask you whether or not you... Um, no, I now remember the question, Mr. Safri. I now remember the question. Okay, go ahead. The question was, uh, your organization, how is it funded? The work um, that you do. So we are heavily funded by the general public and the business sector because we set up the organization that it did not have to depend on government. Um, our government now is is giving us a subvention because we are doing a national duty and the, and the workload has gotten um, a, a little heavier. But mm -hmm. we are fully funded by the general public, um, the Maria Holder Memorial Trust. And I think for Antigua and Barbuda, this is, would be good because if we can work, Minister, and, and I'm pitching it just like I did with the last minister, if we can work together on this program, I can surely help you get funding from the Maria Holder, Holder Trust Hopefully, again, um, that they would put some funds in Antigua because they're already Antigua already, if my memory serves me correctly, into um, helping homelessness there so that the government does not have to feel that financial burden. Mm. Uh, Mr. Elvis Murray Watkins, um, just to bring you back in, uh, all that's been said in terms of the, uh, the level of organization that there is uh, coming from uh, what Mr. Safria said in Barbados, for example, uh, do you think that, how, how would you compare how we operate here in Antigua? Our, our approach from the Antigua and Barbuda Red Cross is from a psychosocial standpoint, uh, where the Red Cross uh, works very closely uh, with, the minister, with the minister and the Ministry of Social Transformation in bridging gaps between um, what is needed and what is actually being done. So it is, it is I would say, what Barbados is expressing is, is a little bit more organized and specific um, but what we are doing here as Red Cross, we are uh, assisting the ministry um, in bridging some gaps and um, supporting the ministry um, and minister in whatever way that we can. But um, in terms of the, the level of partnership and, and how the partnership works, I can hand you over to Dr. Humphreys who could better explain uh, from, from his portfolio perspective. Dr. Humphreys? Yes, um, it, 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 the public-private partnerships um, are very essential in, in, in terms of overcoming the, this, this issue of um, homelessness. I mean, um, the minister indicated that we have just about um, 80 persons who are homeless, and that's just a, a drop in the bucket in regards to the, the, the worldwide figure, which is about 150 million persons. Um, but apart from homelessness itself, is the... 1.6 billion persons estimated um, worldwide that have, have um, inadequate housing conditions. So apart from not having anywhere at all to live, we're also dealing with persons who have inadequate um, housing arrangements. And this, this is something that we also have to tackle. And quite um, fairly, government cannot do it on its own. There must be partnership. And um, the Red Cross um, stands willing and available to assist um, in this avenue 
um, giving our mandate um, in humanitarianism. Uh, uh, Minister Jonas, you mentioned the fact that um, there's no particularly uh, uh, concerted unit within the social affairs framework that particularly deals with, with vacancy. Yes, the ministry has units that in various capacities assist and reach out, uh, but that there's no concerted unit. Um, I, I'm not aware that uh, uh, there's any private organization such as uh, that in Barbados. Well, this is certainly uh, something that we'll have to set so up. Do you think we should have one? Do you think we should have yes. Yeah. Yes, we, we are going to be setting one up within the ministry. And um, you see, we, we, we tend to just deal with the matters of delinquency across the board. Um, so we have persons that deal with elderly care. We have persons that deal with child care and that sort of thing. But there was no focus unit dealing with vagrancy. And so it was discussed, and we feel that we need to set that up. And so um, more information on that will be coming um, pretty soon. And so, um, as I said earlier, I really appreciate the offer from Mr. Mr. Safri to provide us some information as to how we could um, you know, collaborate with them, perhaps in setting this up as well as, um, as, as, well as getting funding. It's not something the government can, can do all on its own, but um, the, the whole issue of delinquency will be greatly reduced in Antigua and Barbuda, I expect very shortly as we implement the, um, this trustee act, this public trustee act. And how soon? And, um, how soon did you say you reduce it? It will not eliminate it. Sorry. How soon did you say you, 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 the the government would be looking to to operationalize the public trustee act? Well, they've already appointed the public trustee, Ms. Jose Lawrence. She's mm -hmm. a lawyer that works within the Ministry of Legal Affairs right now. So she is that person. Okay. She does have an email address and a phone number. I believe she'll be putting that out there pretty soon. But um, she has. I have had meetings with uh, one meeting with her already. And um, it's something that I know she's very excited about doing. And so I, I would expect that within the next month or even less, um, we will be fully implementing this. And that will help to greatly reduce the instances of delinquency across the board in Antigua and Barbuda. But again, there's a plan in place to fully set up a unit dealing with specifically with um, vagrancy in Antigua and Barbuda. And I'm hoping that um, we can work with the out our, our, um, the persons in Barbados, Mr. Safi and his team, to make sure we get this right and set it up properly. Um, if, if I come back to you, Mr. Elvis Murray Watkins, I want to ask you um, just socially in terms of how the public uh, members of the public can react to someone they see on the street. It can often be a very negative reaction, especially if they get the impression that the person uh, has a problem with substance addiction. Um, w what has been your experience in observing how persons treat people who are on the street? Uh, and what would you advise people to do? Well, my advice would be whenever anybody you come in contact with should be treated with some level of respect, uh, regardless of their social status in, in the community or country. Um, our experience as Red Cross, as we go out into the field, we, we met, uh, are still meeting very intelligent persons that are out on the street um, trying to make a living. Uh, we Our experience, we have never had any negative experience uh, with anyone or any of the, the homeless uh, here in Antigua. Um, they're more open to us um, in terms of they will tell us their story, their history. Um, any questions that we ask, we always get an intelligent answer. Um, we have, we, actually, there are group leaders um, that we would have um, found out as we have these conversations. There is this one person that all of them look to um, for leadership. And that person works along with us and helps us to find them where they are and stuff like that. 
so we have had a very good experience and and I think the impact that that we have is is very much showing and whenever we show up they're very respectful uh, they're very accommodating and, and ready to work along with us to execute whatever activity that we're executing on the day uh, we have we have done we have done multiple activities um, trainings um, a little bit of you know life lessons um, some feeding um, surveying trying to get a, a, a physical count of who is based in the city versus who is not based in the city. So we have we have a, a fair, really, fairly good relationship uh, with the with the homeless in, in St. John's, and I would say we will continue to build upon that trust. So whenever this unit gets set up, we can also assist um, in terms of uh, bringing the two together, the unit and the vagrant, uh, the vagrant population, so they can. They can gel well and, and get these activities and the support that they need. Mm. Uh, Mr. Safri, um, we're coming down towards the end of this segment. I want to ask you a question just before I jump to Mr. Jonas very quickly. Uh, but that is a similar question in uh, the way that people react to persons on the street. Sometimes it can be very negative. Um, uh, what, what, what do you usually tell people uh, or, or how do you counsel people to try to be less negative? Um, that is a big thing anywhere in the world. I mean, I've traveled to more than... 40, state, 40 different states and countries around the world doing this um, homelessness. Um, you always see negative things. One of the things that we've been able to do in Barbados, and that's why we are heavily funded by the general public and the and the businesses, because a lot of what we do, we put awareness on. Um, we publicize a lot of things. We would um, encourage businesses to um, let, come and feed the homeless. We would um, encourage children to come and uh, do projects around the homeless university and the more people that are helping in voluntary uh, volunteering positions the more people then are more receptive to homeless you are going to always have a problem with those that are abusive um, we've had violence on homeless here and so you're, you're going to have a, a issue with that at every single point going forward uh, where people are somebody or some you know group decide to abuse the homeless one of the things that may add to a replicate is that you have to be also careful. Homeless persons are territorial and they also like to connect with one or two people. If you're starting to bring a whole group in any way and they realize that they're not relaxed by who's coming or the person doesn't show care, compassion, sympathy, empathy to that person, they're, they're gonna be harder to rehabilitate. And that's why our organizations are set up with specific people trained in homelessness. And we can provide training any across Antigua as well because we do training every single year around the state. To basically deal with homelessness so that you know that person understand um, what they're getting into and not just be there because but have an understanding of homelessness and that is why as i said it is important that even my staff are sent around the world every single year to learn and to understand homelessness it is a it is a a, a very peculiar um area to be in but you must just like hiv or any other field or cancer, you must understand and that. And I, I would caution uh, the government as they put things in place, the person that you are, persons you're putting in place, have them trained in how to deal with homelessness. And we'd be happy to give that assistance wherever to our neighboring um, country. Uh, and uh, just to end this out, I'll come back to Mr. Dean Jonas. Uh, I'll give you the final word very quickly, but I also just want to ask you a quick question. Uh, I tried to search for the... Um the specific act online. I'm, I'm not finding a draft, so I'm just wondering if there's a point where it will become available to the public, the Public Trustee Act. I, I didn't have any luck finding it when I searched. 
It is it is on our books right now, actually. Um, I actually got a copy of it from Miss Miss Lauren. Um, not sure. I believe it should be online. Most of our Antigua's um, laws are online right now. The Public Trustee Act, 1995. Okay. Um, it's probably what you need to search for. But if you don't have that, I could probably get you a copy by email. I could email a copy to mm -hmm. you that you could share with anyone else who, who would like to get a copy of it. That's not a problem. Okay, no problem. And the final word, just to end us out for the segment, Mr. Jonas? Well, I really appreciate all the ideas that I've gotten today, especially from Mr. Safri. I will certainly try my best to touch base with you. I don't know if your credentials are online to make it easy. I'll pass I can on. ask you on to share it. I'll pass yeah. them on, yeah. Okay, Thank please. you. Uh, if you could do that as well. And um, we really appreciate the ideas that we've gotten. And um, we're hoping to greatly improve how we deal with vagrants. Well, all persons that, that are involved in any form of delinquency. And we're hoping to begin with the Public Trustee Act. It will not solve the problem, but it will go a long way towards solving the problem and making sure that persons get the, um, the mental and other um, counseling help that they need to transition. Thank All you. right. Um, with that, we can end this segment here. I want to say thank you to Mr. Dean Jonas, Minister of Social Transformation and the Blue Economy, uh, to Mr. Elvis Murray Watkins, President of the Antigua and Barbuda Red Cross, also to Dr. Jose Humphreys, a medical advisor to the Antigua and Barbuda Red Cross, and to Mr. Kimar Safri, uh, President of the Barbados Alliance to End Homelessness. Uh, thanks to all four of you gentlemen for joining us this afternoon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us.